Hello and welcome to Article 23, the podcast all about making work work. We are back on Gadigal land, part of the urination, and we want to start by acknowledging elders past, present and emerging with our gratitude for their care of this land for thousands of years. Now to the podcast. Uh, welcome, James Hancock. Nice to be here, Rhonda. How are you? I am really good. Now we're going to do three topics today, as we always like to do. The difference today is that they're actually a little bit controversial. So, Love it. Yeah, I do too. So let's yeah. go there. First one, Australia Day. Always a controversial conversation. Second one, the famous now Adam Grant article. Yep. And then flowing from that across to this two-speed workforce yeah and things to consider and how we, we're building that and building it out for the future sounds good i feel like that is one of our themes though one of the ones i really want to take forward but i feel like we're on the same page is less small talks more big talks in 2023 so yeah. first thing about australia day um <laughs> is that it is on a date mm-hmm. that is offensive yep to australians and, and i think i remember the days where that was a bit debated yep and now i feel like the debate there's no debate it's yep. like Crap day. Yeah. Bad choice. Yeah. 26 million of us. We want to celebrate being proud of this great country. Let's put it on a date and a point of time, historical memory, whatever happens to be. That's appropriate and not offensive to any of us. Yeah. Okay. So we're all agreeing on that. Yeah. I don't think anyone disagrees on that now, do they? I haven't heard it. Don't want to see it if it comes through. Right. (laughs) Then we have this PR campaign of all these companies coming out saying, oh, look, I'm going to change my date just for my employees. We can do this, do that. And I I admire the intent. Like the intent is good. But the reality is that we have an industrial instrument that's been written for keeping things fair. Yep. So people know what the rules of engagement are. And Australia Day, 26th of January today, is a public holiday in every state in the country. And if you go to Fair Work, you'll find out what that means is that when a public holiday falls, mm-hmm. and it's in every state in the country, it has a different pay rate, different entitlements that apply for working or not working on that day. Yeah. So if you take it off, you get more time off and things like that. So yep. that's how it works. Now, you've got a set of calculated public holiday rates. You've got what you can and mm-hmm. can't do on a public holiday. You must have extra pay. You must have extra days off if yep. you work it or extra time off, not just the hours of it. And you must have minimum shift length. So these things are all written into our industrial agreements. So as we decide whether or not we want to change the date, which mm. is a good conversation, let's be conscious of the fact that it is a recognised public holiday. It is an industrial instrument we have to recognise and pay. Yep. Now, what are our options? What do you think the options are? Have you got any thoughts on a different day? What I think is important is if it's to be about unity, then that system should be able to be unified and changed fairly easily, Right. So like the industrial setting or whatever shouldn't be our only reason for not changing it. So like in theory, we could say, as we pick this day, why can't we pick that day? Yes. And change that, pick up that setting, put it over there. Yeah. But we need to do that together. And as you said at the start, which is interesting, because there was a bit of talk about, hey, this state's going to change. We're going to lead the way. That one is, that one's not, whatever, all of those things. Okay. How many do we have? We could just do it. I agree. So as we join this conversation, don't faff about with, you know, I'm going to pretend it's not a public holiday. Yeah. Let's just actually move it. One is the Tenterfield Address Day, 24th of October. But I'm sure there's even a better idea. So I'm looking forward to people joining that debate thoughtfully. Let's go from there across to the Adam Grant article, James. You've read it a few times. What's your thoughts? Well, it's been raised by a couple of people in our network as well. And so Adam Grant will be well known to people listening. Wharton professor. Yeah, Wharton professor, psychologist, sort of like workplace guru, guru, futurist, whatever. But main (laughs) workplace worked in his universities. 
It's yes. like that's always the risk. And I flagged that with like great love. With respect. With respect. <laughs> it's like how many workplaces have you been in where you are working in it? Yeah. Not many, but I'm observing a few, but with data that's in aggregate and in academia. So that's one. Yeah. Um, has said a lot about like workplace conditions and as basically as it's put in this article in the AFR from yesterday, the last couple of days, is uh, basically the view of the author is it sets unrealistic expectations for work. It's kind of like work should be going like going to Disneyland every day. Yeah. That sounds awesome, but I'm not sure that that works for anyone. And so the author says, hey, actually work by definition, has mm. some stuff in it that's hard mm. and maybe that's okay. Mm. And maybe that means you've got to be accountable, perform all the things we would go to and talk about mm. um, that are really, really important. So he says some things that I think we can all buy into. So he talks about this, he says we should, in his article, mm-hmm. we should teach kids that who you are is more important than what you do. Work is an activity. It doesn't have to define your identity. A healthy sense of self is rooted in character, not career choice. Possibly true. Doesn't sound terrible to me on first read, right? No, that's yep. exactly right. And so you would want to be defined by more than your job. You multi-dimensional, all yep. of us, that we have all sorts of things that add into who we are, not just our job every day. But having said that, what we do for a living is also an important part sometimes of our happiness. Yeah. Like we, if we do do a job that we enjoy, and it doesn't mean enjoyment is not necessarily like – um, I mean, you went out in your garden the weekend before last and mm-hmm. you just lifted rocks and things, didn't you? Yeah, I just like took bricks out of a wall. I don't know how to describe that better. But right, right. Yep. And you felt great. Hard work. Loved it. Felt good. Yeah. I went out and tiled a table mm-hmm. and there's nothing quite as satisfying as sitting and eating at that table today. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to look at that garden bed and think, wow, awesome. When I, I, when, when I do part B, which is putting the new thing in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's easy to agree that work shouldn't define who you are. Yep. But having said that, there's something about the work that you do, the contribution you make, the playing into the economy or a business or a mm. team or whatever it is that you happen to do that is actually just a really important yep. part of who we are. And we actually take a lot of satisfaction from being accountable for our effort, yeah. for contributing. So there's something right in the way that it's been criticised to say it shouldn't be like Disneyland every day. No, yeah, exactly. To be cognitively stretched or yep. taught something new or whatever the expression happens to be. I think there's a lot of opportunity in yeah. that. I, I actually love, there is part in it that I love. So I think in this article, what's really cool about it is sort of the author of the article has kind of gone, I'm no gloves off, I just don't like this guy. Is basically how it reads, and there's <laughs> yes, not, it does. and it's and it's, it's written, an opinion piece, and it's, it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny, and it's sort of got a bit of humor just to say, hey, don't always take, probably including the article, don't take what you read as true necessarily, just because someone wearing a jacket. It's like the old studies on expertise and stuff. It's like We're a lab if you're coat. wearing a lab coat, doesn't mean <laughs> you're an expert. That's okay. But I liked this one as sort of a landing for it. Is not about productivity, not about output, all of that. Yeah, impact depends on the value you create. Yeah. It's the key part of the sentence for me. I read through, I see the funny bits, I see the parts where it's like, okay, that sounds a little bit too far. Like that's a nirvana we can't get. Yeah. But focusing on value that you create, I think is a good landing. Value create and supporting other people to create value. Absolutely. Your job might be small. You don't have to be grand every day. No, no, not nothing grand, but just yeah. about creating something good for someone else. Nice. Yeah. I, I think it's good. So we, we, we sort of accept the fallibility of every single person to have really good ideas and some that are a bit flawed. Yeah. And I think in this case, that's what it is. But it did get us thinking yep. in amongst all of that stuff is <laughs> we've got this view of the nirvana of work culture and the perfection of how we come into it and everything we say is perfect and we treat each other perfectly every day and everybody's generous and kind and caring and it's just awesome. Yep. And and then the conversation we had last week, which is the one that we've had many times since, yep. which is this two-speed economy. 
So we're talking about the commitment people make, yep. the grit, as we hear it mm-hmm. described in Andrew Pridham's book, the grit to get in there and do really hard work and make it yep. happen, make something happen even when it's hard. Yep. And then the idea that I never want to be too pushed. Yeah. And it's always a balance between them all the time. Mm. And I just loved the way that you described it. Because yep. at the moment what we're doing is we've got this flood of policies. It's a bit like Australia Day. Instead of going, yeah. it's a pretty bad day, let's fix it, let's have a good conversation and move it around. Yeah. Well, instead we're having, I'm the best at making the policy on Australia. Yeah. I've got the best policy on yeah. it. And so there's this flood of HR built policies. And the expression that you used, and I really liked it, do you mind if I quote you? Quote okay. me and yeah, I'm happy to add to it. I'm happy to, I think I remember, but you go. What you said is what we need rather than rules and policies and things mm. to do. We need leader-led empathy and care, yeah, respect for the individual team context that they're in, rather than HR policy dictated sympathy. Yeah, yeah, I, I stand by that. I think the last part is even more important because I think the leader-led empathy and care part could just be humans at work-led empathy and like ultimately a question or a decision on that about leave or whatever it is has to come from someone. So that's why it's leader, right? It, it always kind of defaults to leader. So that makes sense. Doesn't mean you can't be empathetic or care about the people around you if you're not their leader. Yeah, and 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 in yeah. everything that's ever been built around work, there is something about managerial prerogative, yeah, which yeah. means someone's in charge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they get exactly. to decide what it, we're doing today and how we're going to do it. It makes sense, right? <laughs> but then on the other side, I think the risk that we have been talking about with people a lot and people have been asking about it is like you're creating this policy for one person or a handful of people, not because they're it's not saying they're not important, but why are you creating a policy setting for a small group? You're sort of elevating issues, almost like shining a light where it's one that they don't want. And it's sort of casting actually a negative light on them, which will have a flow on impact opposed to an open policy setting that is empathy and leader supported. Yeah. Opposed to like, hey, I'm writing a policy in this company that's about this topic where it might be for three people. Now yeah. I know the three. Yeah. Did that help anyone? I don't yeah. know. And it does relate to this assumption that every time we know and we can box someone up yeah. on some label, yeah. we make a policy and a rule and a, a way of dealing with that. Yep. And we assume that everybody who's like that should be happy with it. Yeah. And so let me go right out on the ledge because there's a couple of them at the moment that yeah, are use them. <laughs> really controversial. And controversial as I know. I've got very, very good close friends and co- clients and colleagues. Yep who absolutely sign up for this and it's what probably one of the few areas I have huge respect for their work and what they do and I really love the way they think but there's a couple of areas where I think when we write too many policies yeah. we're actually creating a really weird environment Yeah, and the policies that come through are the ones at the moment where people are writing policies on the fragility of all women it makes it. me concerned because yeah. <laughs> if we're going to write policies to say women are really fragile and they need a whole bunch of extra policies around us then that makes me concerned. And the, yep. the ones that come through and um, that I think are really important at the moment, one of them is menstrual leave, yep. which would mean that when you're employing a woman during the period of her life that she menstruates, yep. that she every 28 days she's going to need some special care and treatment. Yeah. And most women don't. Now, yep. if we do occasionally, take sick leave day. That's right, yeah. If you're not well and you can't work, don't work. We're not suggesting people no, should. No, no, no. Yeah, and likewise, menopause. Yep. And many women go through menopause with no fuss and bother at all. Yeah. And so to make a special policy, oh, now older women also need fragile treatment. Yeah. I think what we're better off doing, to your point of um, leader-led empathy and care, mm-hmm. is when it, we all have moments when we are more vulnerable or need a little bit of more support or yep. whatever it happens to be, 
leaders should be understanding that vulnerability and need of any individual, yep. of any gender. Yeah. <laughs> Not generalizing all yeah. women need this or all men need that or whatever it happens to be. And actually being able to be a bit flexible and give those people agency to look after themselves properly. Yeah. Yeah. And so if I need to take time to look after myself, go me. Yeah. And it's almost like it's not self-fulfilling. So it's not like because that policy exists, the person who needs that leave is therefore going to take it. It's they were going to need that anyway. But it's you're now setting up a leader that might be different to that person, whatever the leave type is. Yep that says, I'm expecting you to not to be a certain way. Like it's actually setting up this um, prophecy for someone else, if yep. that makes sense. Not self-fulfilling, it's leader fulfilling of you, which doesn't make sense. Yeah. Of someone in your team, doesn't make sense. Yeah. Don't set it up, let's talk to each other. And I, th- Yeah, and I think that's what it is. It's, a, it's the flexibility to treat every individual as they need to be treated. Yeah. With their agency over how they look after themselves. Yeah. Respecting the team's agency. Yep. And kindness to look after each other, which people normally do, yeah, within a, a generalized framework, yeah. So pe- right. people say, Oh, that's fine if you've got a team like moi, because yep. we do do it in a quite unique way. We actually have what we call moi days, yep, and you can use those days however you want to use them. Yep. They're not endless, it's commercial, yeah, but you can use them however you want to use them. You don't have to explain it off you, off you go, extra hot, extra leave days effectively, exactly. But yep. if I'm a bigger company, so I'm not small, like well, I've got 8,000 people, then we start to go. But the only way it can be fair is if we write a gazillion policies on yeah, this, yeah, yeah, that's right. And then they're going, here's the policy book. You will never get through it. And then even though I know you're never, ever, ever going to read these thousands of pages of policy, I want you to Mm -hmm. sign that you've accepted them. You're going to apply them. You also get this feeling like the application becomes impossible. The tracking flags risk, you know, risk in the system in in many ways. I can think of examples, but in several ways. And then you're also saying like a trap to trip over for someone that doesn't know the policy. Like I come to you and say, yeah, my boss, Rhonda. And I know the leave policy that's up to date that you, with the million things you're doing, you haven't read yet. Yes. And I'm trying to kind of like trick you or something or, yes. or find a gap. It's not but the, it's it's, a special condition that you have yeah. called XYZ. Yeah. Now which you're going to check a special it. Policy yeah. You want a the, medical certificate from me about it? Like, right. huh? So now as a leader, I've got my job to do. I've got my team to yeah. look after. I'm creating an environment where they can thrive, a culture where we can do really great work. And I've got to also know the policies in XYZ, ABC, FGH, yeah. whatever it happens to be. Yeah. So I start to abdicate. I go, okay, I might be able to get the work done, might be able to create the culture, might be able to get the team working, but all these policies you've written, I'm out. Like yeah. someone else can look after them. So you bury some HR team somewhere to try yeah. and implement fairness when fairness is only ever real at the front line in the team That's with right. the individuals who are working together. Way away from the policy. Way away from the policy, yeah. way away from that sort of structure that we've been putting it into. So accommodating individual needs, accommodating fairness, yeah absolutely essential but can you put them into a two-page policy for a thousand things that we might generally accept when every single one of us will deal with each of those thousand things in a different way so even if we had something like i don't let's have a crazy example to finish off a crazy example would be you and i both have a degree of cancer or something like that yeah you're dealing with it one way it's a different type of cancer i'm dealing it we've got a policy on cancer and we tell people how they have to deal with it yeah Whereas actually what we need is teams that say, you know, look after James, look after Rhonda, this is what we need to do. Yeah. And people will do it because they care. I think your, your expression <laughs> is just so good. We need to not be about HR policy dictated sympathy and detailed yep. understanding of every single condition, of every single human condition we can think of. But actually we need little empathy and care. 
Mm. And it's much more common than we give leaders and employees credit for. And if we start to create an environment where people can flexibly apply fairness and the mm-hmm. agency for the way they want to work together, they'll probably do it brilliantly. So what we've landed on, right, is Australia Day needs a different day. We accept it. Got to pick the right day, but let's go for <laughs> it. But but bear in mind, there's the industrial setting as it is at the moment that we need to work through and you can't, yep. we can't, no one of us can change that. Yep. Um, we need to abide nice, by Nice, easy faffing about with the PR, but yep. really we need to get gritty and change the law if we want and to change And the second it. one is don't overburden policy to help make people more empathetic to each other. Actually, that didn't feel that controversial at all. No, it's... <laughs> <laughs> is all I'm thinking. I'm sorry. It, it sounds be. really deeply human, which is a good thing, I think. <laughs> I think it's a really good thing and it's in a really nice place to land. What's our sign off? Thanks for listening and keep on listening. So it sounds a little bit like keep on listening to us, but actually it's keep on listening to each other mm-hmm. to us yep. hopefully mm-hmm. and also to your intuition this stuff to get people and culture right is much more intuitive and much easier than we think if we're listening for each other 